This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time for Barreled Up by Ball Cap Sports. Here's your, here's your, here's your host, Jim Wiley. Welcome to the Barreled Up podcast and our Monday Power Rankings and look back at the week that was and taking that information and ranking all 30 teams. Remember, everybody, to turn on those automatic downloads so you get the content as soon as it is posted to the feed, and you can find the Barreled Up podcast wherever you get your podcast: The Odyssey platform, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, we are there. And now we are ready. To get into power rankings, those of you that maybe watch this on the YouTube channel, this is going to be a little different because I'm actually recording this on Sunday night after the Mets and Braves games before we've had an opportunity to go live and do power rankings where those familiar with the YouTube channel know that we have an interactive power rankings where there are several positions throughout the ranking where I will allow the live chat to decide How some of these teams fall. Well, this is going to be based on my notes that I have already gone through. So you're going to get, I guess, more of a truer power ranking 30 through 1 from my mind. Uh, This is going to be straight up from me, not from the ball cap nation and our live stream. So let's get into this. Going to be moving through some teams rather quickly and other teams will sit and talk for a minute. Let's get started at the very back end of the power rankings in at number 30, the Oakland Athletics. Just one win this week. Really, the only highlight was on Sunday. Zach Geloff looks like he's going to be a really good baseball player. A four-hit game on Sunday, two home runs. It's really him and Asteri Ruiz are the only reasons, and listen, I, I like Taylor Soderstrom. I think there are those out there that like Brent Rooker and those that like Shade Langlers. You're basically just tuning in. If you're into prospects and you're into rookies and you want to watch how they sort of progress through the beginnings of their careers, that's that's really it right now. Ruiz, you're looking to see the stolen base count add up. 
He's at 46 right now. It doesn't look like it's going to get to any crazy number. He's just not getting enough hits. And now everybody in the league expects him to go. So he's not catching anybody by surprise. He's not stealing bases. He's not racking them up like he was earlier in the year. 46 to one the year for Ruiz. A's in at number 30. They're 33 and 85 after a one and five week. Let's get to number 29. Kansas City Royals. A two and four week. A weird Weekend series against St. Louis. They only played two games Friday, Saturday, no game Sunday. Uh, MJ Melendez, good week. He needed it. 10 for 26, four home runs. His slugging is 659 in August. And this was this has been an important month, at least start to the month. We're only two weeks in. But a disappointing 2023 campaign overall for Melendez after a rookie season that you thought. Maybe this player would take another step. He has not done that. Maybe we're going to start to see the beginnings of that with what he's been doing over the last week. But the Royals are in at number 29, 38 and 81 on the season after a two and four week. Rockies are in at number 28. They are 45 and 73. They won one game this week, swept by the Dodgers over the weekend. They got one out of three at Milwaukee. Nobody's hitting. It was an embarrassing week. Brent Suter went out there with four scoreless appearances. Just showing that he should have been traded. Really is all. The Colorado Rockies are in bad shape. Pack it up. Shut it down. We'll see you next year. Number 27, it's the Chicago White Sox. They were also number 27. And to this point in the power rankings, there has been no movement. 30 through 27, that's where they all were last week. White Sox are 47 and 72. They took two out of three from the Yankees, which is an indictment on New York. We'll talk about that in a minute. And then they were swept by the Milwaukee Brewers. Andrew Vaughn and Yon Moncada hit well. Cease and Clevenger pitched well. But at this point, this White Sox season is just going through the motions. Tim Anderson isn't even playing every day anymore. Glass jaw, Tim Anderson, we should call him. He sat three of the last seven games. That's how bad it's been for Tim Anderson. Not good for the White Sox. And we move on. Number 26, falling back three spots from the number 23 spot the week before. It's the New York Mets. The Mets went three and four this week, but it felt like it was so much worse. That Atlanta series over the weekend took years off of Buckshaw Walter's life. They won Sunday, seven to six. Okay. But heading into that, they had been outscored seven to nothing, 21 to three. In six to nothing. And it started out on Sunday. It was three nothing Atlanta after the first. It looked like here we go again. The New York Mets season is talking about going through the motions. That's where we're at. And the motions are not good. You got rumors about Pete Alonso being a clubhouse problem. There all of the news coming out over the last 24 hours about how the Mets tried to trade him or were, or were looking at trading him. Pete Alonso's a Met. In my mind, Pete Alonso needs to be a Met. And if there are problems in the clubhouse with certain players, maybe uh, if you've got a coach that just doesn't feel happy that he can't get through to Pete, Pete's doing, Pete's fine. 
if there's a clubhouse concern or an issue in the clubhouse with Pete and somebody else, get rid of the other guy. Because you build your team around Pete, Francisco Lindor, and Kodai Senga right now, and Diaz when he gets back. That's who you build the team around. You cannot, you can't trade Pete Alonso. Pete Alonso should be on the team for another six or seven years. We also learned from the Mets that maybe Buck's right. Maybe Mark Vientos isn't good, and this is why Mark Vientos wasn't playing when he was first called up. You called him up. You you kept him on the bench. You were giving him steady playing time. There was a ton of fan reaction. What are we doing here? What's the point of having Mark Vientos here after how well he was playing in the minors to not play him now? Well, maybe it's because of this. Five for 28 over the last week. In fact, of all the Mets during this, this tumultuous period, He has struck out more than any other Met over the last two weeks. So, Mark Vientos, it's not good. Can we at least get Ronnie Mauricio to make this a little bit interesting? Mets are in at 26. Number 25, getting to move up a spot after a three and two week. It's the St. Louis Cardinals. They're now 52 and 66. Arenado. Newt Barr, Contreras, Edmund, they all hit, but they were really the only ones. Uh, despite Wayno, good stuff from the rest of the rotation. Matthew Libertori pitched really well against Tampa in his outing. Eight innings, two hits, no runs, no walks, seven Ks. So maybe, maybe you'll have something to build upon moving forward. Get some good innings from Libertori the rest of the way, and get him locked in and ready to go. Give get 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 some good promising. Get some good momentum for Libertori, as I have to think he's who you're going to build this rotation around moving forward. The Cardinals, though, again, we give them credit. A two out of three they took from Tampa in Tampa. So that was solid. And then splitting with Kansas City, 52 and 66 for the Cardinals. It's been a disappointment. Next up, moving up one spot, it's the Tigers. They were 25 last week. They move up to 24 this week after a four and three week. They took three from Minnesota and they got one out of three in Boston. We've seen some good hitting from some of these Tiger bats. Kerry Carpenter, watch out. Kerry Carpenter, 11 for 26, three home runs. Kerry Carpenter's crushing the ball right now. And also, so is Spencer Torkelson. Spencer Torkelson's coming around. Three home runs over the last week. A four-hit day on Saturday, I believe that was. Spencer Torkelson might be coming around. Slow to blossom, but... We might be we might be starting to see Spencer Torkelson get his stuff together. Riley Green, also a good week, 11 for 26. Solid week in the end, again, for the Tigers, taking three out of four from Minnesota. They only got the one in Boston, but a winning week nonetheless. We move them up one spot. Number 23, it's the Washington Nationals. They're now 53 and 66. They were no hit on Wednesday for the first time in the Nationals history. You can go back to Montreal to the last time that that franchise, if you want to follow them around, was no hit. But the Nats were no hit for the first time. Michael Lorenzen making his home debut. Nats dropped three out of four in Philly, but then bounced back and swept the Oakland Athletics. Took a six-run inning in the bottom of the ninth to do it, but the Washington Nationals get the win. And you wonder if Washington's one of those teams that will build some momentum for next year over the last couple of months. Kybert Ruiz with a good week, 11 for 23, three home runs, three for five on Sunday. This Nats team is one of a handful of teams I'm watching 
in August and September to see what kind of momentum they can build because maybe it motivates the general manager, Rizzo, Mike Rizzo there in Washington to go get some guys in the offseason. Nats are up a spot from 24 to 23. In at 22, staying at 22, it's Pittsburgh Pirates. Split with Atlanta and then dropped two out of three to the Reds. That Atlanta series, they played them tough. I'd love to move Pittsburgh up based on how tough they played the Atlanta Braves, but I can't do it. There's too much of a gap between the 22 and the 21 spot. We narrowed the gap between 22 and 21, but we're not able to completely surpass that amount of real estate between these numbers to get pirate the Pirates up. Again, they played them tough. We saw Key Brian Hayes with a good week, a powerful week from Key Brian Hayes. Three home runs. Brian Reynolds with a good week. We've seen Brian Reynolds sort of stack some good weeks here. That's good. He needs to do that. For the most part, it's kind of been a disappointing season for Brian Reynolds, but putting a couple of good weeks together here. Pittsburgh's another team, along with Washington. See what they can do here over the last two months of the season to see if there's something to build upon this in the offseason for, for 2024. Pirates in at the number 22 spot, now 53 and 65 on the season. Next up, number 21, the Cleveland Guardians, 57 and 62 now on the season after splitting a four-game set with Toronto at home in Cleveland and dropping two out of three in Tampa. That should have been a sweep, by the way. The Cleveland Guardians blew the game on Friday. They blew the game on Saturday. They took the game on Sunday. A surprising, you know, you had meltdowns from Class A. He's done it a few times this year, but Tampa, they're tough. They, they're going to play it in the final out, final strike, final out, final whatever it might be that game. It, it was a Tampa comeback, back-to-back games, and then Cleveland put enough space in between uh, in game three on, on Sunday to not have to worry about any kind of comeback. Gavin Williams looks good. Another, I mean, listen, these Cleveland pitchers, Bybee, Williams, you name it, they, they, they've, they're working some good things with, with Noah Syndergaard in, in uh, his starts. Yeah, I know he had, he's had a, a bad start, but he's also had, uh, he's had more good starts. He's had bad starts. Cleveland's working their magic with the pitching. Gavin Williams is another one. Gavin Williams, his two times out this week against Toronto and against Tampa, pitched well. Seven innings, one hit, no runs to the Blue Jays, and then against Tampa in Tampa, five innings, five hits, only one run allowed, struck out 10 rays on Saturday. So Evan Gavin Williams, just another one of those Cleveland pitchers. Shane Bieber's a goner this offseason, guys. It's it's this the writing's on the wall. Bieber, if he can fetch them something in return with some pop, if if Shane Bieber can get them a bat, there is no need for Shane Bieber when you have Bybee and Williams and Allen and McKenzie and whoever else you want to slide into that number five spot. Gavin Williams looking good. Cleveland's in at 21, holding at number 21. Next up at number 20, falling back two spots, it's the San Diego Padres, and I will try to not spend long here. The Padres lost the final game of a four-game set to the Dodgers altogether, dropped three out of four. Then they lost two in Seattle and two out of three in Arizona, a one-in-five week. They got a tough week coming up, 
but focusing more on what happened last week, this team's got to be playing with more urgency. There has to be you, Juan Soto. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a list of guys that did not hit a home run over the last week since Monday, going back to Monday the seventh to. Sunday the 13th. These players did not hit home runs for the San Diego Padres. Juan Soto, Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., Trent Grisham, Gary Sanchez. Gary Sanchez week before had a nice week, hit some home runs and and was productive, but not so much this past week. That's not going to get it done. So you're relying on Bogarts and Kim. There's... Nine spots in that lineup. Two guys are not going to get it done. And outside of not hitting home runs, you can say, well, they did other stuff too. Now they really didn't do other stuff too. Four hits for Soto, three for Grisham, five for Manny, six for Fernando, one for Gary. It's not enough. The offense is not enough. And you had a good start from Blake Snell. You had a good start from you, Darvish. Lugo was fine against Arizona, not so much against the Dodgers. Rich Hill got roughed up. This team is just, it doesn't have enough going on in, in enough in, in, in enough places. There's not enough happening in enough spots. This Padres team is a mess. 56 and 62 now. Still going for it. Should have traded somebody. I, I argue Soto. Okay, you want to keep Soto? That's fine. Snell, you want to keep Snell? Okay, you're waving the white flag if you trade Snell. But I think they should have traded Hayter. Musgrove, word on him is that he's expected to begin playing catch around August 24th, according to Kevin Acey of the San Diego Union-Tribune. So we'll see. They need Musgrove back in the worst way. Let's move on to number 19. It's the Angels actually moving up a spot. They went 3-3 this week, took 2-3 out of from San Francisco, but then dropped 2-3 out of at Houston. So we moved them up a spot. One of the reasons why they're moving up is San Diego dropped 2 Otherwise, the Angels really shouldn't be moving up. Detmers, this Houston series, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, was huge. This is the Angels. You needed to win the series to get back to 500. They didn't do that. And you got Detmers and Anderson going on Friday, Saturday. You need those two to step up. Didn't happen. Altogether, that those first two games, it was 11 to 3 and 11. It was 11 to 3. A carbon copy. The Friday and Saturday scores outscored 22 to 6 in those first two games. And then Chase Silseth comes through for you. Yeah, Chase Silseth comes through for you on Sunday to get a 2 to 1 win in the bullpen, too. Needed four innings out of the bullpen. Angels, just like the Padres, there needs to be more urgency. There needs to be better performances. It's unacceptable for Reed Detmers and Tyler Anderson to go out there and get roughed up. If, you, if you're going to give up, Three runs? Okay. It, it, it can't happen. This is when you have to be pitching your best, and it is not looking good for the Angels. Now, a game below 500. I, I, I mean, the, the, the bats are not that hot. You're, you're not getting enough there. This Angels team is, is not going anywhere right now, and the schedule doesn't get any easier. At Texas and then home against Tampa this upcoming week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, they're in at number 19. In at number 18, falling back one spot, it's the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks lost two against the Dodgers and then took two out of three against the Padres. So altogether, a two and three week. The Diamondbacks are back to 500. They're 59 and 59. They have one of the worst records coming out of the All-Star break, but showing a little bit of life against the San Diego Padres. Getting some good... Getting some good production from Christian Walker, Tommy Pham, but just not enough from the rest of the crew. Marte, Guriel, Corbin Carroll's in a major slump right now. McCarthy's not doing anything for you. So you need the pitching. Now, Gallon went out, did not allow a run in his start this last week. And he's 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 your ace. Kelly went out and didn't allow a run, and they lost. That was against the Dodgers. This Diamondbacks team is going to continue. I, I'll argue this. The Diamondbacks are probably going to finish 500. And it'll be a disappointment considering how the season started. But there just is not enough in that rotation. They did not address it at the trade deadline. Sure, Paul Seawald, that's great. You went out and got Paul Seawald. It's not going to make a difference. You needed starting pitching. They didn't get starting pitching. I, I think that this team is going to go through this. Throughout the rest of the season, they finish, they'll finish 500. They're in at number 18. Number 17, dropping back only two spots. I have the New York Yankees. The Yankees are now 60 and 58. I had them at 15 last week. I'm moving them back two spots to 17 this week. You could argue that they could be moved back further, but really, I mean, who are we moving them? We're going to have the Diamondbacks ahead of the Yankees? No. We're going to have the Angels ahead of the Yankees? No. The Padres? No. The Guardians, no. There's a gap. There is a little bit of a gap here. You, you could maybe make an argument that the Diamondbacks could be ahead of the Yankees, but we're splitting hairs at that point. 17 for the New York Yankees here. They dropped two out of three at Chicago, the White Sox. They dropped two out of three at Miami. So a two and four week. It has not been good. Glaber. He's been one of the productive bats. Not so much this week. One extra base hit. One RBI from Glaber Torres. You got to have more than that. Stanton striking out a ton. 12 strikeouts. Bowers striking striking out more than Stanton. 14 of them. Harrison Bader is one of the Yankees' hottest hitters right now. He has one run driven in. One RBI over the last week. He's one of the hottest hitters. Judge has two. As a team. The third most strikeouts over the last week. Third most. The only two teams with more was Colorado and Detroit. Yankees cannot be in any statistical comparison with Colorado and Detroit. 
The Yankees are staring at a situation where they could be hosting the Red Sox this weekend and the Red Sox could have an opportunity to knock the Yankees below 500. The Yankees have Atlanta to start the week and they're in Atlanta. What do you think's best case scenario? They get one of those games? If that is what happens, then you are looking at a 61 and 60 Yankees team hosting the Red Sox. And how much would Boston love to knock the Yankees below 500? All they'd have to do is take two of those games. And not only for the rivalry, but for the wild card too. Boston's trying to stay ahead of the Yankees for the wild card. Yankees are in a terrible spot. They're in at 17. Moving up from number 19 to number 16 are the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox are 62 and 56. They come out of this week with a 5 and 2 mark. They took three from KC. They took two from Detroit. Trevor Story is back and crushing it. Seven for 19, 14 doubles. You got Pablo Reyes crushing the ball too. This, back to Story. This may be Trevor Story's greatest moment as a Red Sox. Coming back, making a huge impact, helping revitalize the team. Good stuff for the Red Sox. Good, good stuff for Trevor Story. Last year, a very rocky debut with Boston. This is a good start. The 2023 for Trevor Story. Red Sox move up three spots from 19 to 16. At number 15, the Miami Marlins, a four and two week. They got two at Cincinnati. They got two against the New York Yankees. The Marlins bounce back. We were watching them last week. They don't bounce back enough to reclaim a top 10 spot in the power rankings. That's going to take a couple of weeks, but they go from 16 to 15 and they're moving in the right direction. Burger. Looking good. Nine for 23 over the last seven days. Josh Bell. Josh Bell hit three home runs over the last week. Cleveland would like to know where that power is. Three homers over the last seven days for Josh Bell. Solaire, five for 15, two home runs. And Solaire didn't even play on Saturday and Sunday. The two games that the Marlins won against the Yankees. Alcantara looked good. Another complete game, his third complete game of the year. Ten strikeouts, one run against the Yankees on Saturday. So Sandy was doing his thing. You got a little 2022 glimpse. You've gotten that a few times this year, Miami fans. You haven't gotten as, as many times as you would like, but Miami took, two, took two out of three from the Yankees. That's a big series. And again, you're getting some good stuff from the new guys, Berger and Bell. That's good. Miami moves up one. Twins are going to hold at number 14. They dropped... Three out of four at Detroit. Embarrassing stuff. But they bounced back and they took two out of three against the Phillies. So the Twins are 62 and 58. And the way Cleveland's been playing, it now feels like the division is leaning in the Twins' direction. I don't think Cleveland can get up off the mat at this point. We, I could be wrong. But Minnesota, despite their best efforts, the series at Detroit, will Still be the central winners. Correa's finally heating up. Eight for 19. Three home runs. He needed that. Gallo gave you a week that you need. Gallo went five for, for, five for 13 plus five walks. That is that is when Joey Gallo is doing his best. And he gave you three home runs as well. That's what you're looking for from Joey Gallo. Great pitching this week from the Twins as well. Lopez, Gray, Maeda all gave great efforts. That's... What's going to get Minnesota to the top of this division above 500 and any kind of competitive nature in the postseason is those three guys, Lopez, Gray, and Maeda. They need those three to be locked in to give them any kind of shot at 
any kind of magic in October. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Next, moving on to the number 13 spot, it's the Giants. Had them at 11 last week, so they're falling back two spots after a 2-4 and four week. They lost 2 out of 3 to the Angels in L.A., the L.A. area. They dropped 2 out of 3 to the Rangers. And it could have been. Giants were narrowly winless. You got the walk-off home run on Sunday from Patrick Bailey, which you needed because Texas had scored one in the ninth and they scored one in the tenth, so they had to lead. You needed Bailey. Got the two-run home run uh, in the bottom of the tenth on Sunday. That was good. Webb looked good both times out. Cobb got roughed up. You got otani on Wednesday. Alexander got jumped on Tuesday. And on Monday, as we kind of walk the Giants week back, Monday, they needed the six runs on Estevez to get the win. They were without the two comebacks. If those, listen, I know we're, we're, we're trying to erase things that happened, but I, I hope you get the point. They were a big ninth inning against, they were two innings away. Two innings away from an 0-6 week. Giants can't be doing that right now. There's too many teams trying to claim that wild card spot and with the way the Dodgers are playing right now, look, heading into the week, you were thinking, hey, Giants, keep going. Keep pushing. Keep that pedal to the metal. Keep applying pressure. Maybe you can push the Dodgers. Forget it. Now it's all about the wild card. The Dodgers are running away. Giants got to keep pace. It's Those comebacks are big. But why don't you go out there, get an early lead, hold that lead, not have to come back, win, win a game that way. Giants are at 13. Number 12, Seattle. The Mariners, I'm only moving them up one spot. And I know they had an eight-game winning streak. We moved them up. The big jump was two weeks ago. I'm moving them from 13 to 12. They're 63 and 54. They took two from San Diego. And the series against Baltimore let me down. They only got one out of three. They just could not score enough runs. And they couldn't score enough runs against the Orioles pitching, which we know can be gotten to. Brilliant pitching from Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby, Miller. And Emerson Hancock made his debut and pitched five strong innings, allowed just two hits and one run against the Padres earlier in the week. As a team, a 1-1-5 ERA. That's the best over the last week. You can't go 3-2 and two with a team ERA of 1-1-5. You got to be 5-0. and oh. You have to sweep Baltimore. The Mariners, we move them up one spot, but a little concerning. That offense. Next, number 11, it's the Cubs moving up one spot. The Cubs go from 12 to 11, a 3-3 three and three week. They dropped two out of three to the Mets, which kind of made everybody scratch their head. And they got two out of three at Toronto. So they bounced back and they showed, they showed their toughness. Good week, not great. Coming off of the week prior, good, not great. Nico, Cody, Suzuki, all hitting well. The pitching was not 
collectively good enough. Again, we saw that in the the finale to Toronto, the losses to the Mets, the Cubs. It's going to be an interesting week now as when you get hot, you get hot, everything's going your way. Eventually that cools. Are we going to see a Cubs cooling period now or can they pick it back up? We move them up one spot this week to number 11. Mariners and Cubs benefiting from the Giants drop. To the number 10 spot, the Philadelphia Phillies, 65 in 54 on the season now. They took three out of four from Washington. Again, we talked about it earlier, but Michael Lorenzen in his home debut, no hit the Nats. But then they dropped two out of three to the Twins, and that's what the Phillies have been doing all year. You go out there and you beat a team you're supposed to, and then if you got another team coming right behind them, another one where here's, here's another team we're supposed to beat, they don't do it. The Philadelphia Phillies have been one of the most inconsistent, perplexing teams that still have a winning record anyway. And they're right there with the Blue Jays. And coincidentally enough, the Phillies and Blue Jays will play each other this week. Two of the more inconsistent Jekyll and Hyde teams will square off for the ultimate Jekyll and Hyde championship belt. So the Phillies, here's what's good. Trey Turner might be pulling his head out of his rear end. 13 for 27 over the last week, a 10-game hitting streak, and five of those 10 games, he's got multi-hit games. That's big. That could spell good things for Philly. Nick Castellanos, solid week, three home runs, 11 for 30. In August, Nick Castellanos is crushing the ball, 327 batting average and a 673 slug in the month of August for Castellanos. So you get those bats coming around. You get Castellanos with the power. You get Trey Turner setting the table. Maybe some good things are coming for the Phillies. Just have to cut out that inconsistency. I get Minnesota's got, listen, Minnesota threw out some good pitching. And more times than not, good pitching is going to get the better of good hitting. But the inconsistency for Philadelphia is driving Philly fans up the wall. Let's get to number nine, the Reds. The Reds, 62 and 58 now. They dropped two out of three to Miami. They took two out of three to Pittsburgh. So a three and three week for the Reds. They're going to move back one spot because we did have a team, the good enough week to make a considerable jump. And we'll get to them in a minute. So the Reds fall back, steer with a good week, but the focus was on the pitching for Cincinnati this week. Ashcraft, Graham Ashcraft. Another solid start since June 30th. That's eight starts. He's been very good, very dependable, only allowing more than two runs once over those eight starts. And that one time, he allowed three runs. Shame on you, Graham. So you've got Graham Ashcraft pitching like he did at the start of the year. He's been good. Williamson was good. Abbott, Andrew Abbott with a bounce back start after... Maybe looking like, ah, the league's catching up to Andrew Abbott. He bounced back and had a good start last time out. So good stuff from Cincy on the pitching side of things. And they needed that because some of the bats fell quiet. The Blue Jays are in at number eight. They fall back from number seven. So we move Toronto back. Toronto split at Cleveland. They took one of three against the Cubs. So altogether, a three and four week Manoa sent down. That's the big news after a poor start against Cleveland. But 
Toronto has no need for a six-man rotation. They get two days off coming up this week. So for the next, really, two weeks, there is no need to have a six-man rotation after Hyunjin Ryu came back. And Ryu is looking good. Ryu against the Cubs, five innings, no runs. That coming after four innings, no hits against Cleveland. He left that start early because he took a ball off his knee. So nine scoreless innings on the week for Ryu. That's enough to move Manoa to the bullpen. They're not going to, not to the bullpen, but to the minors, because you're not going to move Manoa to the bullpen. So Manoa has to go down to AAA where he can continue to start and stay stretched out. Whitmerfield, outstanding. Whitmerfield, 12 for 28 over the last seven games. Now, over this stretch of time since the All Star break, He's got an OPS of almost 900. He's at 895. Merrifield has been a huge lift for the Toronto Blue Jays after Bo going down. Remember, Blue Jays are out here with this Cleveland series and this Cubs series without Bo Bichette, arguably their best hitter this year. With Merrifield stepping up. And on Sunday, for the first time in what feels like two months, Dalton Varsho stepped up. So the Blue Jays move back one spot. Next, here's the team that makes the jump that moves Toronto and moves Cincy back. It's the Milwaukee Brewers. Had them 10 last week. They're at seven this week. They took two out of three from Colorado. They swept the White Sox. So we had them at 10. We move them up to seven. Good pitching from Miley. Good pitching from Woodruff, who's back. Peralta, very good against Colorado and against the White Sox, has won all three of his starts in August. So that Brewers pitching seems to be picking up. I know Burns was not great last time out, but you can expect Burns to bounce back. You get to a spot where you got Peralta firing, you got Woodruff firing, you got Burns firing. Starts to bring back memories of those Brewers team that, look, we know they're not going to hit with some of the best teams. But if they can pitch... With some of the best teams, they could do something interesting. A five in one week for the Brewers this week. They're now 11 games over 500 and in at number seven. Number six, I've got the Rangers. The Rangers, 70 and 48. You may argue that they should be ahead of the Astros, but I'll make my argument for why I'm keeping the Astros one spot ahead. So, 70 and 48. You've got two more wins for the Rangers than you do the Astros. A two-in-one week, I'm sorry, a two-in-one performance against Oakland. They took two out of three. And then they took two out of three at San Francisco. So a Bay trip, the Rangers took four of those six games. Dunning, Gray, Montgomery, Scherzer all continued pitching well. Seager's locked in, eight for 23, a couple home runs. Duran, Garver, Garver filling in for Jonah Heim. It's good. So they're hitting, they're pitching. They're not hitting as well as we've seen. They didn't score a ton of runs over the last week. 24 runs. It was good for 10th fewest. But the team ERA was great. That's what I'm talking about. That's that's why I lead the Rangers with Dunning, Gray, Montgomery, Scherzer. Because that team ERA of 201 was second best. Usually that would be tops. But we talked about Seattle's 115 ERA earlier. So the Rangers pitched well and were able to take the series against Oakland and San Francisco. But I keep Houston one spot up despite having two fewer wins and three more losses. 
because the Astros took two out of three at Baltimore. That's impressive. And they took two out of three against the Angels. So the Orioles and the Angels are ranked collectively higher than Oakland and San Francisco. So we go give the Astros the advantage based on strength of schedule this week because it's close. It is close. Altuve's on fire. Bregman is crushing the ball. Pena, Tucker, Tucker with three home runs. You're getting good stuff from the Astros' bats. Verlander got his first win back with the Astros on Friday. J.P. France, another good start over J.P. France's last seven games. He is 6-0 with an ERA of 2-1-6. Anybody worried about any Houston pitching Nah, we can stop worrying about that. You got Urquidy coming back. Astros are are lining up. And at number four, I've got the Rays. The Rays, 72-48. and They dropped two out of three to the Cardinals. That was surprising, but they took two out of three against Cleveland. Those Friday and Saturday walk-off comebacks. The Rays still in at 72-48. Now it's getting close. The Astros are right on their heels. And when I do this live on the YouTube channel, I'm probably going to give the YouTube live viewers the opportunity to vote on this one between Houston and Tampa. Because, again, Houston played a tougher schedule than Tampa. Tampa dropped a series to St. Louis. Come on. And then against Cleveland, they squeaked out. They could have been swept by the Cleveland Guardians. So the Rays are in an interesting spot. Even though they have more wins, the Rays may not have a tight grip hold on that number four spot. We'll find out during the live stream. So we've got the Astros at five, the Rays at four. There is all the issues about Wander Franco. I'm not going to get into that here, but I will say that Wander Franco now, this is another knock on his season. Remember earlier in the year, he had the situation where he had to be benched because Kevin Cash, the manager of the Rays, didn't like his attitude. There are things going on between the ears with Wander Franco that needs to be straightened out. I don't know how the Rays are going to figure that out, but I think they have a situation on their hands that's not a good one with Wander Franco. Let's get to number three, the Dodgers. 71-46 and now on the season. They're the hottest team in baseball. They did not lose this week. They finished up the series against the Padres with a win on Monday, then took two in Arizona and all four against the Rockies over the weekend. So you've got a Dodgers team that has the longest winning streak in baseball at the moment. Another good start from Lance Lynn. That trade is looking beautiful. I guess they were raising the ceiling and not the floor with Lance Lynn. Kershaw returned. Urias pitched well on Sunday. Miller pitched well. The rotation is starting to come together. And there's news of Bueller being back in September. Everything's coming up, Dodgers, right now. And pretty much everyone is hitting. Freddie Freeman is so good. And he had another good week. He's leading the way. Everyone's hitting. Freddie's leading the way. Unbelievable. The Dodgers are great. They could be in at number two. This is another one that when we do the live stream, I think I will give the viewers the chance to vote on the number two spot, Dodgers or Orioles, because it's justified. Those two teams, it's tight between two and three. I've got the Dodgers at number three, nipping on the Orioles' heels at number two. And I keep the Orioles 
at the number two spot because they took two out of three from Seattle. That drop, that series drop two out of three against the Astros, I'm not going to hurt you that much if you get one game in a three-game set against the number five team in the power rankings. You fought hard. You you, you didn't get swept. You had a tough series against the Houston Astros. So I'll give you credit for that. And then you take the two out of three at Seattle. I'm, I'm not inclined to move you back. But again, it's getting close between the Orioles and the Dodgers. The Orioles. Mountcastle still hot. Seven for 20 over the last week. Couple home runs. But for the most part, the bats cooled. Yet, they were still able to take two or three against the Mariners team that's pitching their behind off right now. Yet, solid outings from Bradish, Irvin, Kramer, Rodriguez. Not the elite of the elite, but they're getting it done. They continue to get it done. You just wonder if at some point they're not, if it's going to fall apart. Orioles are in an interesting spot with that rotation. Last time out, Flaherty did not pitch particularly well. That's going to happen. That's how it is with everybody in this rotation. So we continue to watch that. But the Orioles hold on to number two right now this week with the Dodgers nipping on their heels. In at number one, it's the Atlanta Braves. Split in Pittsburgh, a four-game set, and then took three of four against the Mets. In impressive fashion, that Mets series was a complete mauling. Mets did get the game on Sunday, but prior to that, it was destruction. It was as if the Atlanta Braves were trying to tear the stadium down. City Field was under assault. So I leave Atlanta at number one because it is obviously warranted at this point. But to, to get a true story on the Atlanta Braves week, you got to look at that Pittsburgh series early in the week. That was tough. Pittsburgh played them very tough. One run game on Monday, two run game on Tuesday, one run game on Wednesday. Two-run game on Thursday. Tight. Every single game was tight. And when we look at how the games played out, that first game, the Pirates scored six early on Spencer Strider, and they end up holding off for the win. In the second game, the Braves needed three in the ninth off Bednar, something you don't usually see happen. David Bednar, the Braves got to him. And hold on in the bottom of the ninth. The Glacius shuts the Pirates down in the bottom of the ninth. But they needed that comeback, the Braves did, in the second game of that series. And then the third game of the series, the Braves got to them. Just out, out hit them. But another close game between the Braves and the Pirates. A game that was tied going into the eighth. So another close one. And then the final game that the Pirates won, the Pirates just out hit the Braves. How we're talking about a Pirates-Braves series, again, the Pirates are 52-63 and now. We're talking about a Pirates team in situations out hitting the Braves. Pirates played them tough. I give the Pirates a lot of credit, and and let me update that. The the, the record's 53-65. and This is a Pirates team that played the Braves tough, and... I don't know if that's necessarily a anything that we knock on the Braves. 
I think that's a statement about the Pirates and how good the Pirates, how tough the Pirates can be and where that Pirates team is headed potentially in 2024. Again, I say that the Pirates and the Nats are two teams that I'm really watching as we kind of move through these last two months of the season. How hard? Because the Pirates, what do they have to play for? The Pirates are, what what, what would you say, 12, 13, 14 games below 500? They're playing for pride, and they're out there giving it to the Braves, playing the Braves tough, losing by one, losing by two, winning by one, winning by two, only losing because of a rare David Bednar meltdown. Winning games because, well, they just out-hit the Braves that day. Chasing Spencer Strider. I don't know. That Pirates and Braves series, again, it is one of the more fascinating series that we had this week, early on in the week. And again, when I look at the Braves, you can't take you can't take much other than the Braves destroyed the Mets. Everybody's numbers on the Braves looks good right now. So that Pirates series is the one to analyze when you think about how the Braves do this week. And that's where I find some of the interesting numbers and some of the interesting telling points. And maybe that, again, it's more about the Pirates and how tough they are than it is about the Braves. Because, again, then we saw the Braves go absolutely dismantle a Mets team that is reeling. Those are the power rankings for this week. Again, some of this will change on the YouTube channel because there will be the live chat voting. So some of the spots here where we had the Dodgers and Orioles, that could be different. The Astros and Rangers, that could be different. The Astros and Rays could be different. There's going to be a lot of potential movement when I let the community on YouTube have at this. Guys, that is going to do it for this one. Thank you for coming in and listening, spending your time here with the podcast. Have some really Good stuff lined up on the pod this week, so make sure you have the automatic downloads turned on. I will be, well, I'll announce it now. I've got a recording lined up with Foolish Baseball and Stark Raving Sports, a super pod lined up to record on Wednesday night. The only reason that won't happen is if there is a scheduling conflict, something comes up for somebody. But that is planned for Wednesday night, so that pod will be out Thursday morning. Would love for you guys to catch that. So again, make sure you have those automatic downloads turned on so you don't miss them or any of the guests that we bring on to the channel here. That is going to do it again for this one. I do appreciate you guys listening. Make sure to subscribe to the pod, rate the pod, help us grow, share the pod, tell everybody, tell your friends to check out the Barreled Up podcast. Guys, Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay close. More content coming, and we'll be back next week with Power Rankings. This has been the Barreled Up Podcast. Thank you guys for listening.